Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thank you so much for joining us, letting us be part of your day. We always appreciate it. Here's what's coming up today. We'll take a look at the latest ag equipment sales numbers with Kurt Blades from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers and a preview of this year's Farm Progress Show just a few days away now, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. Decatur, Illinois, final preparations underway. We will have an update plus talk crop conditions uh, in Illinois. That's all coming up on today's program. But let's start things off with Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor for Total Farm Marketing. Naomi, before we get to the uh, crop report numbers, uh, everyone buzzing about the the baseball game at the Field of Dreams last night. It was quite a setting, quite a sight. For anyone that's not been there, I urge you to do that. I think you'll enjoy the experience. That's That's a wonderful place, and that was just a great showcase not only for baseball last night, but for Iowa, for rural America, for agriculture. Yeah, it was amazing. I saw some of the recaps this morning of footage on it and and just warmed your heart. You know, you think back at that movie and and all it did just to make you love baseball, love America and everything that's about it. And boy, they nailed it last night with with the game and just how the, the players came out of the field. It was so heartwarming and, and yeah, just the corn looked amazing and Iowa looked amazing and that sunset just was breathtaking so um definitely iowa is heaven (laughs) the thing that got me was it's been 32 years since that movie was made that doesn't seem possible (laughs) okay officially i feel old thanks for that (laughs) yeah me too yes (laughs) all right so let's move on to the uh the numbers of from yesterday, the much-anticipated August crop report. We haven't said that in a while. Much-anticipated. It uh, wasn't quite like the old days, but there was a lot of a focus and attention on this. I guess what stood out, USDA's projected average corn yield of 174.6. Were you surprised at that? I was shocked. You know, usually the August report, they raise yield or don't do too much with yield, but of course that was coming off years where we had big ending stocks and not a lot of drama for the summer weather. So it was very curious to see how the USDA was going to actually acknowledge the drought that was happening in the Dakotas, parts of Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota. And so it definitely appears that there's going to be yield loss for those states. Um, So yeah, that yield number came in below expectations. Uh, The 174.6, the average guess was 177.6. So trade needed something over-the-top bullish to get that market to move higher for prices, and and the USDA delivered it yesterday. Um, I did notice that the USDA for corn on the old crop, they did increase old crop ending stocks a little bit, so that makes the new crop carry-in larger. But because that yield uh, was down so much, ending stocks for the new crop, 1.24 billion bushels. So that keeps the balance sheet tight, especially when you have tight ending stocks for soybeans and now wheat and oats and globally canola. So there's a lot going on with all of agriculture to just keep this marketplace, as far as prices go, firm into the end of the year. But I don't know that we have a reason to bust out and trade a lot higher yet 
we need to see demand continue to perk up as well. Average soybean yield estimated at 50 bushels an acre, down from the July forecast of 50.8. What do you think about that? I think it was a safe move by the USDA to say that it was a struggle to start the season for the soybean crop. Uh, so we will uh, see how the rest of the August weather plays out because, of course, as we all know, this is the critical month for beans, and the weather has been just vastly different throughout the Midwest so far this month. So, um, you know, we've got some crop tours coming up, and then when the USDA does the September report, that's when they have boots on the ground and they're actually in the field. So it wouldn't surprise me to see different numbers in September. Might be tweaked a little higher, could be tweaked a little lower, but ultimately, again, this report yesterday sets the stage for the rest of this crop year that supplies are tight demand overall is strong especially we saw china again today come in and do some buying metric sales of exports 326,000 tons of soybeans for unknown destinations this morning 200,000 metric tons um no i'm sorry just 200 metric tons is for old crop and then the majority of it for new crop and then aside from that china bought 126,000 metric tons of beans for new crops. So I think this is like the sixth or seventh day in a row that we've seen either Unknown or China come in and do buying. So I think they got spooked a little bit because they're like, oh, hey, the United States, they're not having a huge crop this year, so we better show up and start buying. Hmm. That September number, the September report will be interesting to see if they do indeed raise the numbers. Now, some areas are getting some good rain here in August. Some areas getting too much rain. Other areas still not getting rain. So it, it it's still a question mark, though, going into that next report. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, my thought is that prices probably trade more in a sideways fashion for corn and beans both. I mean, we just came out of a whole month of sideways trading but now we think we have sideways to just a little bit higher because we have to keep the price premium there because of the situation. Um, and then I think down the road, too, I'm like, okay, what are we going to be doing for fighting for acres for next year, for spring wheat, for um, soybeans, for oats? Um, there's going to be a lot of excitement for agriculture going forward. I've already heard um, some farmers telling me as far as inputs go, they're thinking ahead as far as, well, do they maybe plant more soybeans because the input cost is maybe a little bit less? Or do we have to see corn fight for acres? So there's there are so many, so many moving parts to this. And then the other part, from a global perspective, now for wheat, and I'm switching gears on you, but I, I didn't realize that in Russia, so they are the world's largest wheat exporter. They now have production pegged at like 72 million tons, which is down from the... Um, expectation that they had before at 85. So they were at 85 million tons and now they're down to 72. That's significant. In, in Canada, because of the drought that they've had there, um, they were at 31 million tons for production and now they're down closer to 24. So we have the world now with smaller wheat supplies, smaller global ending stocks for wheat. And so this is going to be a global marketplace where um, I, I don't think in the big picture the price rally is over, but we're at a standstill for a while to know where demand is going to be and where production in the United States ends up. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure, as we get closer and closer to, uh, to harvest time. All right, Naomi, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. We'll talk again soon. That would be great. Thank you so much. Take care. Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor for Total Farm 
marketing going over the uh, August crop report numbers. All right, coming up next, we'll get the latest ag equipment sales numbers and what are they telling us about farmers' uh, attitudes about the uh, the economy, their concerns, and where they're optimistic. And also, what about supply chain issues uh, for uh, getting ag equipment and parts, things like that. We'll talk about that with Kurt Blades next. And then, second half of our program preview of the Farm Progress Show, almost here now, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd in Decatur, Illinois. We'll give you the latest on the final preparations for the show and look at Illinois crop conditions as well. All that coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Every Tuesday, we're sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS, where we'll be talking with folks from throughout the cooperative system. Join us as we discover what makes cooperatives unique when there are more options to do business with than ever before. We'll learn how farmers and ranchers like you benefit from a system where decisions are made by the members that own it. Tune in every Tuesday for Around the Table or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Veronica Nye, economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. This is uh, the downside of higher commodity prices, right? That we see these input costs going up. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, you know, USDA is projecting some pretty sizable increases, especially in, you know, the fertilizer and chemical side, looking at, you know, when you combine those, about a 5% increase in 2022 compared to 2021. So certainly not a insubstantial increase when you're thinking about the fact that fertilizers and chemicals make up, you know, nearly 50% of total operating costs for corn and beans. And it looks like the costs are pretty much across the board. They are. You know, you sort of look at, you know, the major field crops and and you're looking at somewhere around about an average 2% increase on the operating cost side for corn, beans, wheat, cotton, rice, peanuts, sorghum, oats, and barley. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. That's our goal at AOA. Each weekday, you get an hour of the latest takes from people who know agriculture, the policymakers, and the people who have the inside scoop on what's happening behind closed doors. People who have their finger on the pulse of Washington and agriculture around the world. AOA is your daily source for all the information you need to stay in the know. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. AOA. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. 
Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back, and we welcome Kurt Blades with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers uh, back with us. Uh, Kurt, thanks for being with us. Glad we could finally catch you. I, th- I was expecting you to walk out of that cornfield in Iowa last night at the ball game. I'll tell you, wasn't that a, wasn't that a good display of, uh, of American agriculture and corn and the state of Iowa? That was, just, that, was a, that was a proud moment, I think. Good stuff. It really was. It it was great. Um, so let's talk about the the latest uh, sales numbers for ag equipment. Were they great? I'll tell you what. I I'm not complaining a bit. Uh, when we look at the July uh, ag and tractor combine report, uh, certainly for the United States and Canada both, uh, some positive news across the board. Uh, we're seeing some really nice growth, continued growth and strength in the under uh, the over 100 uh, horsepower tractor market. So that's you know, row crop tractors, uh, they're doing quite well. They're up 25% for the year, and for the month of July, up 40% for where we were this time last year. That's a pretty good uh, indication that farmers are a little optimistic about this crop and certainly looking at uh, at those commodity prices being pretty pretty, uh, pretty good as well. So we're, we're thrilled with those numbers. I guess if we broke that down, it might be more regionalized, right? If you're in that western area where it's so dry – not as optimistic in other areas with a big crop and good prices that they're very optimistic. Absolutely, Mike. I mean, as you know, it's, it's, it's hard to speak to, to generalities and averages because, you know, there certainly are, are regions that are dealing with, you know, you know, not as, not as great crops and, and, you know, maybe local basis issues that aren't as solid as they could be. So, you know, that's why you do have to recognize there's regionality. There's also specifics into the individual markets. But I think the general tenor, from what we what we've been able to hear from our dealers and what you know most economists are going to point to is the general tenor in agriculture across the board is pretty positive. That's good news. Yeah, let's take a look at um, some of the challenges though as we continue to get through this pandemic, and that is supply chain issues. Uh, what are you seeing and hearing as you talk with uh, your dealers across the country about being able to get what farmers are are willing and wanting to buy that is that is absolutely the story of the day mike i mean you uh you look across any dealer lot and uh there's they're empty and uh you know this and, and whether that's a tractor lot or a used car lot uh every you know everything is in tight supply so these supply chain issues are real but what we're hearing from our manufacturers you know first of all is doing everything they can to certainly Make sure we have parts available for uh, for fall harvest. Get machines uh, in in time for fall harvest. Do everything we can on that front. The other thing we're kind of hearing is is a little bit of a turn in optimism and say that hey maybe this uh, maybe this this uh, supply chain challenge has got a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we've been saying for a couple of months now that uh, the best thing to happen to fix the supply chain is just for the calendar to turn over one more month. And well, we've done that. Now, I'm not saying that we are out of the woods by any, of the, any stretch of the imagination, but uh, it certainly it appears that there are a couple of bright spots out on the horizon where maybe there is some, some um, 
uh, you know, so, some of this uh, pressure is starting to be relieved a little bit out there. Yeah, we all know parts and service so critical, especially at, at a time like harvest time. So y- you feel that the parts are going to be available for this harvest? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly optimistic. And again, I know our manufacturers and dealers are doing everything they can. I mean, you know, you know, Mike, there's going to be stories here and there where, where that, that may unfortunately not be the case. Uh, but I do know that is uh, a number one priority is to get, get, get those wear parts out there. Make sure that we can get through harvest as quick as we possibly can. And frankly, as safe as we can, because, uh, you know, you don't want, you don't want machines out there that are, that are, uh, you know, under maintained uh, because that creates some safety uh, issues as well. So I think that is, that is a number one priority for the next couple of next couple of uh, months uh, as we approach harvest season. Obviously, we're sitting here in the middle of August today, so that's just right around the corner. We're talking with Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President of Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Kurt, last year we talked about how um, things changed during the pandemic as far as uh, service was concerned you may not have had as much face-to-face contact with customers because of the pandemic how has that changed is that more back to normal now well i i think some things are are you know i hate to say the term a new normal but i think the paradigm is shifting just a little bit but i'll tell you what face-to-face matters in this industry in a really big way and you know we're approaching the the fall farm show season the big fall farm show season and Every farmer I've talked to, every manufacturer I've talked to is really, really looking forward to uh, seeing new technology back on display. But I do think there's also, you know, sort of the the, the benefit, frankly, of us uh, being exposed to some of these technologies and being able to to uh, communicate with uh, with farmers directly with technicians, uh, you know, in a virtual way. I think that's a, there's some real positive things that are coming out of that, and I think that's here to stay. And ultimately, that's probably pretty good for uh, for everybody because it makes us more efficient and allows farmers to have access to the best technicians they possibly can have. You mentioned uh, Canada showing uh, some signs of improvement too. Well, across the board, Canada is is strong. Canada Canadian tractors are up thirty two percent for the year. That's a pretty solid number. Um, and and that's across all classes. They're seeing real strength in the in the row crop tractors as well, 100 plus horsepowers and 40 to 100 horsepowers. I mean, I think on both sides of the of the border, we're seeing you know flat to maybe a little bit down in the uh, in the under 40 horsepower tractor market. But I think that's absolutely a, an indication of, of of tightness of supply. So I look to those solid numbers in that in that row crop tractor, both uh, in Canada and the U.S. That's good numbers. I'll tell you another fun story in Canada: combine sales. Combines are up 33% in the in in the in the entire country of Canada. They are up 60% for the month of July. And we're not talking about a ton of numbers, but I think that's a pretty good indication of where farmers uh, are optimistic and willing to make some capital investments. Well, that's a big change from what we've been say- seeing the last several months. Absolutely. I mean, Canada, even for the last several years, you know, certainly Western Canada has been really tough. So. You know, I, I get I get really excited when I see optimism numbers coming from the from the farmers, the crop farmers in Canada, because they've had a they've had a tough tough road for the last few years. We here in the United States, it's been it's been tough, but it's certainly kind of pale by comparison to some of the folks. But I like to see optimism out there across the board. I mean, there's, there are pockets with great crops, there are pockets with really good prices, 
And there's some good stuff on the horizon, whether it's you know trade or or other things, other markets. Uh, I think it's a pretty good time to be in farming. Kurt, do you are you seeing uh, sales orders coming in for next year already? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think there is another paradigm shift that we're going to see. You know, in, in the uh, in the equipment market and capital equipment market is is absolutely planning ahead. So I think I, I hear stories of you know taking orders now for for eighteen months out. Um, yeah, you know that's you know that may not necessarily be what we what we wanted to do in the way a farm would, farmer would have wanted to historically purchase their tractor. But I think we are sort of entering that as a little bit of a new reality as the supply chain gets managed, but also as the as the industry looks at, at capital investments. And if you're if you're planning for a combine, you don't you don't wake up one morning and decide to buy a combine. You mm-hmm. do plan that ahead anyway. And I think what 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 the uh, what we've learned in the last you know year and a half, we've got to plan all of that just a little bit. And uh, uh, you know take early orders, maybe it's it's put something put something down, explore the technology now, and then you know make the purchase for next year's crop. Um, that's you know I think there's good and bad in that. I, I get pretty excited because it allows a farm uh, to really think through you know the the impact of that capital investment, how they're going to work that into their operations, so they can continue to be just absolutely financially successful. Well, coming up next, Kurt, in the second half of our show, we're going to have a farm progress show preview, and you alluded this earlier. It's going to be great to see farmers back out there. Watching those, uh, watching that equipment in the fields and out there kicking some tires, it's that'll be good to see again. It will be, and I'll tell you, I look forward to seeing everybody at the Farm Progress Show. I know, I know, I'll be there, and and uh, several of my friends will be there, and a lot of our members will be there showcasing technology. I mean, it's hard to believe that it has been, you know, March of uh, March of of uh, uh, you know, a year and a half ago during Commodity Classic is really kind of the last major farm show and uh to have this one come back in spades i i'm i'm pretty excited about it i'm looking forward to seeing people looking forward to uh um, you know seeing technology and i think we're all you know anxious to uh to, to, to see to, to get back to normal we'll see you soon then we'll see you in decatur you bet thanks mike have a good day thanks kurt you bet kurt blades with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. All right, coming up next, Farm Progress Show Preview as we look ahead to the show coming up in Decatur, Illinois, just a few days away. We'll give you all the final preparation details next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day 
to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. You're listening to AOA. I'm Jessica Benson. Support for grains has continued today after a bullish reaction from yesterday's WASDE report. The WASD did reduce its estimate of world corn demand in 2021 to 2022 by a small amount, but left China's import estimate untouched at 26 million metric tons. And only time will tell if the demand proves out and the coronavirus Delta variant is a nagging concern. But so far, China's corn prices remain expensive. As for soybeans, with the soybean crop estimate lowered to 4.339 billion bushels and new crop ending soybean stocks kept at 155 million bushels, there's still a good chance demand will keep U.S. soybean supplies unusually tight in 2021 to 2022. As for wheat, USDA did lower its estimate of world ending stocks, which is the lowest in five years. On the Board of Trade, September corn is up three at 570. September soybeans are up 18 and three quarters at 1365 and three quarters. September bean meal is up 340 at 358.60 a ton. September bean oil is up 82 points at 6307. September Chicago wheat is up 12 and a quarter at 765 and three quarters. September KC wheat is up six and three quarters at 745 and a half. And Minneapolis spring wheat for September is up 15 and three quarters at 948 and a half. As for livestock, it's another slow start to this morning. And packers are going to have to step up and pay higher prices as they're going to need the cattle as margins have improved immensely over the past week. But indications are that cash may not trade higher this week, which is going to leave the market in a rather bearish position. And hog futures have completed two days of price retracement as traders have been taking advantage of the large price break to increase their long positions. On the Board of Trade, October live cattle are down 32 cents at 128.17. September feeders are down 30 cents at 163.25. And Lenogs for October are down $1.32 at 85.15. Crude oil for September is up 5 cents at 69.14. You're listening to AOA. I'm Jessica Benson. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And time for a Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. Joining us now, Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, and Phil Craig, Syngenta Agronomist. Guys, thanks for being with us, Matt. We'll start with you. It's the home stretch now. Just, what, 18 days till the show? Final preparations underway. Give us an update. 
yeah, it's about time to stop talking about it and start doing it. It's uh, it's it's really starting to happen. I'm headed over there to the site later this afternoon. Um, a lot of tents in the air, a lot of landscaping getting done. You know, we're we're at that point here where it starts to transition from uh, setting the infrastructure for these exhibits to starting to make them look like exhibits, putting some equipment in and getting the graphics organized. And uh, you know, it's it's you can you can really see it coming. And, and, and interestingly enough, you know, as the as the activity starts to be focused on the grounds and it starts to be focused with looking at things and, and actually making them happen, the you know the inbound phone calls stop coming from the exhibitors and now they start coming from the visitors asking questions about you know COVID protocols and golf carts and advance tickets and so so we're starting to get some really great interactions and and getting a good feeling that there's going to be a lot of farmers at the Farm Progress Show this year. Matt, how has it changed over the years for us old-timers that go way back with the Farm Progress Show? can remember the last two or three days right ahead of the show, it would just be almost chaos, everyone trying to get in there and get set up at the same time. Is that more spread out now? You know, what? what's interesting about that, Mike, is that, that for us, um, with, with the infrastructure being permanent, we know we're going to have a show that has electricity and good internet and, and a lot of those utilities. That, I mean, we used to work 24 hours a day on whatever was broken leading up to the show, trying to make mm-hmm. the show actually happen mechanically. And we don't, we don't have that, have that anymore. But what we'd have now with permanent roads and easy access from four lane roads and that kind of thing is that the exhibitors maybe have shaved a day off of their setup time because they know they don't have to build in quite as much weather delay. So it's it's probably made the exhibitor setup more hectic on that Monday because everybody wants to come in and set up on that Monday. We just beg folks to come and set up the week before, take the weekend off, and then just you know kind of shine things up on Monday and have a little bit more of a relaxing Monday. But nobody wants to spend the hotel room money to get that done. So. Monday's still crazy hectic, but at the same time, you know, we don't have, there, there's not quite as much on our plate. We are more doing customer service and trying to help exhibitors fix their problems or their lack of planning or their staff changing or whatever, whatever problems they're having, we're working on helping them with that. Yeah, so it'll still be hectic that uh, day or two right ahead of the show, but easier in the fact as you said the infrastructure is there and that's uh, that's a big change from uh, from the way it used to be uh let's talk now with phil craig Jenna agronomist phil thanks for joining us more rain has been moving across illinois in some places way too much but other places uh, for august getting some very beneficial rains what are you seeing across the state we're seeing those rainfall amounts really vary, as you said. Uh, we had a storm front move through last night that gave anywhere from an inch and a half uh, to about uh, two or three tenths, depending upon as it moves south. It um, it sort of fell apart a little bit, and, and the southeastern part of the state didn't get nearly as much as they did through the uh, through the St. Louis area. Uh, overall, crop conditions are soil conditions for moisture are very good. Cropping conditions are, are very good. Uh, I've got several folks I've talked to that uh, uh, have hay uh, businesses or uh, hay fields for livestock, and, and they've remarked at how good the yields have been this year because of the, the nice rainfall. Yeah, we'll talk more about uh, some of the uh, the uh, crop conditions as we head to harvest here in just a moment. Matt, as you talk with host farmer David Bricks, how do the crops look there at the show site? 
everything looks really good, Mike, there at the site. You know, that it was a you don't have to go too far for the show site and it was a huge rain yesterday, but, but I think they only ended up with a few tents in indicator. You know, we were watching the radar all day long as, as, as areas north of Decatur just got pounded all day long. And, and it wasn't until uh, middle of the afternoon that the rains finally came and a few lightning strikes and we had to, had to clear the show site out of the, the folks that were working. But that was kind of a, that that was a kind of a found day because we, the way the radar looked in the morning, it didn't look like we were going to get much work done. But but you know your question was how do the crops look? The, the crops look great. You know to to kind of pile on to, to what the gentleman talked about with with rainfall and hay. The the parking lots you know have have they've yielded really well. It's been really tough on David to get get the hay to dry because because of the rains. But you know a lot of times these rains that come right during our hectic time here as we're setting up for farm progress show in august those rains lead to really good soybeans so these you know these rains are really beneficial uh as we're, we're filling filling kernels and and filling the pods phil there's so much speculation about the size of this year's crop if you look in the state of illinois now it depends on where you're at but in some places there's going to be a very very good crop isn't there you betcha. Uh, there's going to be some areas that are going to uh, just have crops, uh, in some cases, some record yields on, on corn and soybeans. However, there has been some footprint of, uh, of too much rain in some areas as well. Uh, there's some water holes and so on and so forth that are, that are showing up now that, uh, where, where we've just had too much. The other thing that we don't know how to measure is uh, the season didn't start off this way. Of course, we had a, a bit of a dry stretch in there uh, in June, and uh, we don't know if that's going to have a whole lot of effect on the corn from the standpoint of just how many rows around those ears will have uh, and so forth. But uh, overall, in Illinois, we're, we're, we're pretty well blessed with a, with a good, good crop right now. Phil, what have you seen this year in Illinois as far as insects and disease? So this has been a really strong disease year across both corn and soybeans. And uh, the temperatures and the moisture really matched up to create that environment where diseases can really flourish. Unfortunately, we saw gray leaf spot come into corn very early. We do have southern rust uh, scattered throughout at least the lower two-thirds of the state, uh, more severe in the south than uh, it is in the, in the central and northern part, uh, southern rust in corn. Uh, unfortunately, we're finding tar spot in corn over a larger area and farther south than what we have seen it in the past. Uh, soybeans, uh, I think the topic right now on soybeans is the onset of sudden death. We're beginning to see uh, sudden death symptoms show up, and, and of course that's one of those that every field is a little bit different. Uh, in corn, of course, we can handle a lot of those disease issues with, uh, with fungicides, of course. However, in soybeans, sudden death is one of those that uh, we just have to sit back and, and hope it doesn't get too severe. And Matt, for you at the show, uh, you're just relieved. You're, you have a crop out there that'll be ready to harvest, right, for the sh field demonstrations. Yeah, you know, we, we talk a lot, Mike, that, that when I look at a cornfield, I'm looking at field demonstrations. When I look at a hay field, I'm looking at, 
at parking lots and 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 you're exactly right everything has come together uh we're actually running just a tick just just a tick behind on heat units which is a little bit hard to believe as much heat as we've had but but according to the graph we're running just a little bit behind but that is not a concern because we made an adjustment in the in the maturity of the corn that we planted and we're very confident that uh you know the the milk line is working its way down and we're going to be the black layer here really soon, which gives us a few, you know, a couple weeks to, to dry that corn down from 36% to make it uh, really good uh, for harvest demonstrations at the show. And, and, you know, half of that corn, half of that 350 acres has got to come off ahead of the show so that we've got room for ride and drives and autonomy and overflow parking, which I really think we're going to need this year. So um, good that we're in this shape. There's a lot of years when I'm talking to you right now that, that it's nip and tuck and we're worried about it and we're talking about 30% corn in, in the harvest demonstrations. That is not the case this year. We're in, we're in really good shape for, for good dry corn at harvest. And, um, you know, assuming mother nature agrees with us and allows us to have demonstrations on show days, we're going to be, we're going to be in great shape. And, and, you know, I can, I can tell you just from the inbound phone calls I'm getting, there's a whole lot of new products that are being unveiled, these exhibitors want to be sure that, that we've got corn to harvest and, and they're excited to get those machines out in front of the crowd. How do advanced ticket sales look? Really, really good. And and so we're running just slightly ahead of 2019, but we're not getting any advanced ticket sales basically from anyone overseas. Most of the overseas folks that come to the show buy advanced tickets. So what that means is that our domestic producers the, the Midwestern corn growers that come to the show, they are picking up and surpassing the gap um, in advanced ticket sales as to what, what the international folks would do. And, and so that, and we've been sold out of golf carts for several weeks now, you know, advanced tickets are going great. Uh, you know, lots of calls coming in about the campers, you know, the camper folks are going to come in and spend a day, uh, two or three days at the show. Um, you know, we added the, the Lee Bryce concert in partnership with Case IH to, you know, as a little bit of a late surprise here, added that for Wednesday evening. And so it, you know, everything is everything and, and couple that with the fact that there's a lot of growers that, as we've talked about, have a good crop and good prices, you know, these are all, and we haven't had a show in two years and there's a lot of technology for for folks to, to take in all these things add up to a, a real successful show. Well, it'll be here soon, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd, Farm Progress Show, Decatur, Illinois. This Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. We'll come back and get some more thoughts from Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, and Phil Craig, Syngenta Agronomist. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, Go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection. 
which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, Farm Radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at dtnpf.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTMPF.com today. When you're living with low vision, life can be a challenge. If you're 55 or older and your world has gotten smaller because of vision loss, it's time to be bold. Go to timetobebold.org for a list of services in your state that will give you the tools, technology, training, and support you need to live your bold, best life. Help is here. Join others who found a bright, bold future. Go to timetobebold.org today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Michael Langmeyer, Purdue Ag Economist, want to get the latest numbers from the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. Kind of give us an overview. Producers are obviously very concerned about input prices. We asked a very general question about whether they expected the prices paid index would include all the inputs used in production agriculture, both for crop and livestock producers. And historically, that average has only increased about 2% for the last 10 years. Well, only 20% of those surveyed think that in the 
next year it's going to be less than 2%. So that means 80% of the producers think that we're going to see considerable uh, input price inflation compared to what we've seen in the last 10 years. And, and it's not just cash rent, fertilizer in particular, but there's other input prices also that they're very concerned about. And so I, I think the combination of those two things is creating a situation where the index is lower than certainly what it was in the spring of this year. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back to our Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, coming August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. We're talking with National Events Manager for Farm Progress, Matt Youngman, and Syngenta agronomist Phil Craig. As we look ahead to the show, I'll be broadcasting from the Syngenta tent at the Farm Progress Show and hope uh, to see a lot of you there. Phil, what's your focus now as you work with farmers, work with growers between now and harvest time? What, What are you working on? The main thing uh, that we'll be working on here and and asking for input on as we talk to folks at the show uh, will be just those things that went well farmed this year from a perspective of of primarily weed control, how this weed resistance issue is affecting their decisions, and uh, trying to begin to lay the groundwork of what we will adjust or change for next year. And and that's one of the values of, of participation at something like the Farm Progress Show is we take a lot of the conversations that we have with the growers that are back, uh, you know, to our planning meetings, and, and, and it gives us a good a good snapshot of, of what the farmers are, are talking about, what is concerning them, and, and how we can help uh, those growers solve those issues that are keeping them up at night. Matt, I know a lot of people are looking forward to those face-to-face conversations again at the show. Yeah, I, I, and and I'll just echo what was just said there, and and in that you know the exhibit the, the the visitors look forward to having those conversations, but I think the exhibitors look forward to it as much as much as the growers do because it is it, you know that is something that was missed in the last two years with COVID is is that interaction and. You know, whether it's an equipment company or a technology company or, or whatever's coming down the line, they need some feedback on, on how this worked on, on an individual's farm. You know, the, 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 the challenges that an individual faces and, and how their products are, are inter- interacting in that. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody's looking forward to it. You know, in addition to these conversations that growers and their suppliers have, the industry needs to come together. This is the largest gathering of folks like you, Mike, in terms of ag media. It's, it's you know, a big gathering for Wall Street so that they can evaluate how these publicly traded companies, you know, play on the same playing field in front of the, their customers. And, you know, the, the politicians that are going to be taking the stage, and, and we have a couple different listening sessions happening during the show. So, you know, from a lot of different angles, everybody's getting excited uh, for the show coming up at the end of the month here. So, Phil, as you point out, that input you get from farmers, as you'll be talking with them at the Farm Progress Show, that's valuable information that you'll put to good use. Absolutely. Uh, these 
things are, you know, very good for our company uh, because we take an approach of uh, this isn't just a show for us to, you know, promote Syngenta and promote our new products and technologies that we're bringing forward, but it's also an opportunity for us to, you know, have that face-to-face conversation with the growers, take some information back, and and we will use a lot of the conversations, a lot of the talking points, some of the data that we might uh, be able to um, uh, to get, uh, and we'll take that all back because that's very important. It's very important because everybody that walks through those doors of those tents, they walk through that door for a reason. They want to talk to us. We want to talk to them, and and the goal is that we we mutually learn and we mutually help each other as we go forward into the next year. Matt, I know you're working closely with and talking a lot with health officials, uh, state officials uh, about the the virus situation. Anything changing as far as what you're going to be able to do at the show? Yeah, uh, you're you're exactly right, Mike. We're we're keeping a really close eye on it, and and you know you you don't want to make any statements other than than as of right now because it it could change at at any moment. I'm actually at the Illinois State Fair right now. We're showing pigs this morning, and then I'm headed over to Decatur this afternoon. But I'm I'm taking some notes and taking pictures of some signage and and you know just getting ready for whatever it looks like. You know, we're getting to the point where it's weeks out instead of months out, so. Uh, as it stands right now, we are following CDC guidance, which is that whether you're vaccinated or not, if you're in an enclosed area, uh, you you know a mask is recommended, but nothing at this point is mandated. So, um, you know, assuming that that's going to hold through the end of the month and 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 through the Farm Progress Show, uh, certainly everything you're doing outdoors. There's there's really no changes to what you come to expect from a Farm Progress Show, but at the same time, we've got a big inventory of masks. We, we've got a lot of hand sanitizers, extra sanitization of things that are high-touch areas, uh, some slight changes in food service. You know, we're, we're doing things over and above CDC recommendations in the background, but what we're asking of the visitors is nothing more than what's being asked by the CDC at this, you know, at, at this, and, and that's what it is at this moment. And finally, for those that want to get their tickets in advance, how do they do that? Yeah, uh, farmprogressshow.com. You can buy your tickets in advance. One of the things that we're doing around COVID is we're trying to collect uh, contact information in case we would need to do some contact tracing. So rather than filling something out at the gate, uh, which is going to slow the process down, if you buy your tickets online, uh, you'll speed right through the gate. You will have already taken care of that step, and it'll it'll get you in quicker and at a discount cheaper than if you just walk up and pay cash at the gate. So uh, buy your tickets at farmprogressshow.com. Check out the map. Set your plan for how you're going to get through the show. And, uh, you know, at the, the show program, because of a text I got during this call, we've got the show programs already there on site. That's going to be posted here on the website real soon. So, um, you know, I'd ask everybody to go check that out and, and look forward to seeing everybody here at the end of the month. It'll be here soon, August 31st, September 1st and 2nd, Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Our Farm Progress Show preview brought to you by Syngenta. 
And our guests have been Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, and Phil Craig, Syngenta Agronomist. Guys, thanks a lot. We'll see you soon in Decatur. That wraps it up for today. Thanks for joining us right here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.